Well, thank you. Thank you. We, we got a message from above. I love that notification. <laughs> that, was the best that was the best one yet. I never used that. Imagine how many times I've heard that voice. Um, and I never said that one. That was beautiful. Your podcast may begin now. Because it's not below. It's not like I have fiber optics down yeah. ground, right? It is from above, right? And soon it will be like in the stratosphere. It, is the stratosphere or the, tele, the telosphere or octosphere? I don't even know what it's called, where Musk's uh, satellites will be orbiting nonstop. Yeah, and they will um, they'll pause or bleep anything we're about to say before we even say it. Like they'll, they'll preemptively know. Well, you're assuming the neural link is going to be included inside of it? Uh, involuntarily, involuntarily. You may have one in you right now. You know, you know. <laughs> well, hey, that's progress. Yeah, that's progress, right? That's a form of progress right there. That's true. Involuntary progress. <laughs> Back in our day, <laughs> we had to use pens to get a message across. That actually, that reminds me, I didn't, uh, I've got to send this to you. I saw, so someone... Have Send you ever it seen by a, pigeon, please. I will. <laughs> Carrier pigeon. Um, have you ever seen those videos from like uh, 100 years ago that they kind of recolorize and upscale? And yeah. Okay. So they're interviewing like an 87 year old like farmer out in the farm, just, and he's talking about this newfangled, you know, the airplanes overhead and people using steamboats. And uh, it's, it's, it's super interesting. Just, oh man, I would love I, that. I'll, I'll send it to you. Please do. My daughter and I would love that. Yeah. Hannah digs that old stuff too. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's pretty cool. But now um, we're, we've made some more progress since then. <laughs> <laughs> what the? What the? What the? Um, <laughs> all these steamboats. <laughs> uh <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh but that it does bring up another uh, podcast right there there we go we're always coming up with ones um tradition i don't know why i don't know if that's the word but um yeah that just made me think of uh where, where fitness fits into that right uh tradition uh physical culture traditions and uh and how that ties into you know what we discussed today and um i'm sure your mind could come up with how we can, you know, get in there and philosophize in that area. But I just thought of that based on what you'd said, might be a good one podcast in the future. Oh yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, there's, you know, I mean, obviously today we're going to talk about progress and there's kind of the, the nice part of progress where it takes certain things about tradition that were kind of old and stifled and didn't really move forward. But then there's kind of the negative side of progress where not everything about tradition is, you know, problematic and actually has you know a lot of wisdom to it and what right. seems like progress which of course we're going to discuss today in a yeah. lot of ways uh is um you know mistaken or going in a different direction yes yeah that we that we you and i well i should say me uh i don't know about you but i don't feel uh uh wise or educated enough to talk with those some of those things but postmodernism and in its in its large you know, roundabout ideas and, and the theories that kind of, you know, seep into that um, subjectivity, you know, what is real in the new information age, you know, all those things are, are uh, 
would be in that one would be in the like his, history historical context and now where are we now so i think that would be great yeah no i totally agree totally agree but today we're talking about uh progress um first of all hey robbie uh welcome to the uh fitness and philosophy podcast thank you james i appreciate yeah. it fip welcome to fip Welcome to FIP. How is your, uh, right now we're recording this in the holiday season, although people will be listening to it later, but how, how are you doing? How are I'm doing going? great. I'm getting prepped uh, uh, to go to Florida over the break. We're visiting my wife's parents who are down there uh, for the wintertime. And we're staying in, uh, I think, Key Largo for a couple of days or Key West. And excuse my geographical ignorance on that, but that area. Uh, and then up in Naples on the uh, west coast of Florida for uh, for the rest of the time. So we're looking forward to that. How about yourself? I will be back in uh, Southern California, going to see more uh, of those cargo ships in Huntington Beach. I've met, I've been going back there for. <clears throat> I mean, I've, I've I've lived there in one way and visited in, there in one way since what 1992, and I've never wow. seen as many cargo ships as I saw when i was there yeah yeah it's a yeah. it's one it's one of those um like i was just there right and you yeah. you, know, you know that but to share with others um i was there and uh, unfortunately we couldn't hook up uh, we were sick at the time so um but that was a um yeah it was the way that i thought about it uh, robbie was you know the little uh the concept of the, the little ecosystems that we live in and you you listen to the news and you listen to podcasts and 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 you don't really know if some of it is true you know, it's, it's like, well, you know, and I know for sure that a lot of it is not true <laughs> after it gets, you know, what I like to call spun in the system. When it gets spun in the system and then right at the end of the day, everyone's like, none of that was true. So who was saying that, you know, and then time, of course, kills it, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, um, walking out onto the beach there, that was like a, a front and center. Okay, this is what it was meant by the supply chain. Yeah. Like that was a punch in the face. Yeah. Right. I don't, I don't know any other way, but anyways, just point of mention that I, that was one of those, like, like if anything's going to pull up my phone and text you or send a picture to my brother about that, I, something is really like cracked the system on me. And that did, because that was, I mean, you can have your own view on it, et cetera, but that was like, um, so disgusting to look at in the morning time when the sun hit it. I don't know. I don't know any other word to describe it. Uh, with the, you know, the, of course, the smog that was always there, where you can't see the islands out there <laughs> at times now, right? Which you could maybe even 15, 20 years ago. And now it's just littered with ships, right? It's like very, I don't know. It felt very dystopic. Yeah. No, and they'll sit there for weeks at a time. And I mean, because it, so it was the Santa Ana's that week and uh, like the winds and it was actually one of the few times you could actually see Catalina like normally you can't see the mountains or, or Catalina but Catalina was was blocked by to, to a large extent by these you know tankers just waiting to deliver ps5s and uh, xboxes too and other things that may not get delivered <laughs> correct correct yes uh, man anyways progress 
Like, can you imagine that that farmer walking out, just being planted on that beach? Just walk towards the water. Where is it? Over there, right? You just, just, just put yourself in that position, right? What the, what the, holy, holy cow, right? Holy cow. War, yeah. that's probably the first thing you'd think, right? War. Oh, those are, that's, war, those are warships. What I hear, what I've read about warships or something, you know? Right. Um, and what's going to be the equivalent, you know, his video is from 1927 and, you know, so almost a hundred years later, like what's the equivalent for us a hundred years from now? You know what I mean? Like what's, what does that look like? Yeah. Well, uh, <clears throat> before we, uh, let's, let's somehow talk about that because inside this conversation on progress, we'll, uh, well, we'll, we'll, I'm just saying as a reminder to both of us talk a little bit about, you know, when you observe what the definition is of progress, um, you got to take these like chunked time intervals, you know, and look at, you know, here to here, point A to point B and how those things moved. And, um, you know, I guess we could call it past, present and future, you know, the future, the future has to be discussed in a, in a small degree of this. Cause we're going to say, well, you know, maybe we'll see the question in here. Um, what would be fitness progression? You know, um, I've tried to, you know, create my own language to what my answer would be for that. Um, so we'll discuss that. Um, how about you uh, hit us off with um, some uh, really simple definitions of it and then uh, uh, some, some more recent cultural uh, thinkers around this particular topic? Sure. Yeah. So not always, but a lot of times with a lot of these episodes, I find just going to the basic definition of a word can just be a good jumping off point before we get into the philosophy of it. So, you know, a couple definitions of progress, a forward or onward movement, a gradual betterment. Um, now, one of the things we'll obviously discuss today is, and I'll, I'll talk about this more when we get to philosophy, is, you know, there can be the appearance of progress versus the reality, right? Like, just because it seems like something is moving in a particular direction. It seemed may, may even initially seem like a forward direction does not mean that that is progress. So one of the things we'll try to distinguish today is uh, between, you know, apparent instances of progress and actual instances of progress. And then we'll try to relate that to fitness. So in popular culture recently, I'm, I'm sure uh, many of you have seen these before. I know James and I have uh, both read in a lot of these different things and, and discuss them before there've been a number of books in popular culture discussing the nature of human progress. You know, and I, I think this has been a discussion for a very long time throughout human history, but I think anyone looking at the world today would have to agree. We're kind of at a sort of a nexus. We're, we're at a very unique time, like um, the equivalent of the dawn of agriculture, you know, with, the dawn of technology and the internet and stuff like that. Something unique is going on here. And there are these questions around what's going on. Is human nature getting better, worse? Are we moving forward? Are we moving backward? What's going on? So some examples here would be Steven Pinker, probably one of the most famous ones, uh, famous Harvard uh, psychologist who's written on a number of different topics, mostly in the in psychology related to, you know, are we blank slates or not? But uh, one of his most recent works is called The Better Angels of Our Nature, where he essentially argues that despite what 
it may seem from what, you know, our innate sort of negativity bias and what the news tells us, the world has far less crime, war, terror, you know. Less poverty. Poverty. More food available. Exactly. Um, Yeah, the, the poverty... The poverty stats that he gave, if people want to just go research, you don't have to read his book to get it. They were just like alarming differences that are happening like per week. I mean, it'll, it'll, it'll be mind blowing to you in terms of the changes. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's certainly, and, and that's one of the things we have to admit up front and, you know, we'll, we'll come back to this endeavors or areas of humanity that do admit of progress, that, that there is progress, that there's clear progress. And maybe at ones where, there's not. So that, that, mm-hmm. that's a part of it. Uh, Yuval Noah Hariri uh, famously wrote uh, Sapiens. That's another one. Uh, Jaron Diamond, Guns, Germs, and Steel. And then, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Rutger Bregman, uh, author of Utopia for Realists, and just wrote a book called Humankind. That's kind of a, a counterpoint to Hariri's stuff and some of Pinker's stuff. So some of the key questions being asked here is, is the world overall better today than it was in the past? Now, of course, this is a hard thing to answer when you say overall, because as you and I will discuss today, maybe we could say, according to those metrics that Pinker cites, yeah, we could cite 10 or 12 different things, or maybe even 20, or maybe 30, where things are better, but then we could link, you know, cite 100 more, or maybe where it's like, eh, not so much. So what, what do we mean by overall, right? Yeah. Uh, are we headed towards a better future? I mean, one of the central questions of any human in any age, right? Like, are we, are our kids going to be better tomorrow than they were the last generation? Are they going to have a better world? And then this also ties into questions that have been asked in philosophy and religion for a very long time. Is humanity essentially good or bad? Can this change? Um, and if so, has it changed for better or worse? So, before, before we even, uh, I know, I know we're not, uh, going like 30 feet deep into that one. <laughs> I kind of giggle at it because uh, I think you understand by putting it down to the, the, the breadth and depth that's inside of that question. Um, back, back to the, uh, you know, key questions being asked today in popular culture, is the world overall better? Uh, do you know if there's any uh, individuals that are probably historians that talk about some of the faults that are inside of the historian, the historian practice? Because, you know, this is the way I saw it, the way you just described it, is that history has its problems too, because it's not the present. Like, you know, you know, we're, <laughs> does that make sense? Like we, we can't speak, you know, and that's where Pinker brings up a tiny bit, right? Uh, we, we can't speak to the 1927 person, you know what I'm saying? Like maybe, maybe that's just a video that, uh, <laughs> that <laughs> JP Morgan <laughs> did on purpose. To make it seem like, you know, there was progress in building steel and et cetera. <laughs> I don't know where I pulled that one out. It was Vanderbilt. Um, you know, so any thoughts on that of the, uh, are, or are there people that, you know, some of our listeners can go to that are historians that that see see those those issues or any comments? Uh, you based on that? I mean, no historian names initially come to mind, although within philosophy, Hegel, uh, the philosopher Hegel, who came shortly after Kant was uh, probably one of the most prominent philosophers to discuss the notion of philosophy of history and this notion of like how how you look at history and the vantage point at which you look from history. And I mean, do, do the points that you were mentioning, like 
of course, when you're talking about 1927 now, it's a very different thing. And of course, we all have these innate biases to want to say, well, of course, it's better now. Of course, you know, that was just uh, podunk, whatever. And uh, now it's now it's better. But uh, is, is that true? Is, is that um, is that an accurate reflection of things? Or is that just our bias that we don't want to uh, see things as either being a stagnant or gosh, even worse? going in a, in a reverse direction. So yeah, I think there's a lot to that point. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, that's great. Well, I'm, I'm just mentioning it out loud for just for myself, maybe I'm going to do a little bit more digging into some people who are, uh, possibly if it's Hegel, that'd be great. Uh, more cause, uh, yeah, something in there is, um, is I think would be some good education for me that would help the base support of all of my folly arguments. I think, I think it would certainly be helpful, uh, for, for me to dig in there so one other connection i just thought of and again this is a particular thinker and this is overly reductionistic but i still think somewhat helpful in this regard like there are these discussions about how in western thought time and history are thought of as more linear progressing from one end to another whereas again this is overly reductionistic and simplistic i'm sure the mm -hmm. counter examples and so on and so forth I can just see the keyboard warriors. Uh, <laughs> yeah, all six it, of them. Yeah. <laughs> what, what did Rob Wolf used to say? <laughs> six listeners can't be wrong <laughs> about the Paleo Solution podcast. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, in, in, in Eastern thought, uh, things being a bit more cyclical and repetitive and uh, just, just, you know, not necessarily this linear notion of progress, but things having their due time and cycle and things like that. Mm, and what what is next to that, which is even meta uh because it because it's thought of as a progressive thought today is the simulation experiment or the simulation life experience um i've tiptoed into that there actually is some really i wouldn't say it's not like game changing stuff inside of it but it does make you like rewire yourself for this you know the possibility of it being a simulation i don't want to you know go deeper than that because for, for words i would not be able to to connect to it. But if anyone wants to, uh, uh, to do a little bit more reading on that, um, I've got some authors, you can just email me and I'll send you some information that at least gets you, I call it, you know, it's a safe entry into something that's not too crazy, but it, I, I think it's, it's a really strong, what do I want to call it? It's a, it's a strong thought experiment for you just to kind of get your brain moving on, on your, on your, uh, your point you just made there of like difference in opinion of, what history, how history moves and how time moves and what progress is inside of that. And by the time we record our next episode, the Matrix 4 will have released and... <laughs> so will the Kingsman. Yeah. I've been waiting oh, yeah. for the Kingsman to uh, come out um, as well. So both of those will be out. Ke Keanu's, uh, apparently Keanu's comment about... Uh when he saw, when he was, he, he got to see a preview copy of the matrix four was in the first one, they successfully predicted the next 20 years of technology. And in this one, they've successfully predicted what the next 20 years of technology will look like. So it'll be in, in connection with simulation wow. theory and all, awesome. all that stuff. It'll awesome. be interesting to see. So, so cool. So, um, <clears throat> so like I was saying, you know, to take a modern example here, Steven Pinker, uh, we, we all run into this all the time, right? Uh, climate change, extreme nationalism, autocracy, the pandemic, wealth inequality, 
you know, uh, monopolies in technology, like all, all these different things, you, you might think, well, hey, humanity is headed in a really not so great direction. Um, and we're either not making progress or we're heading into a very dark time. And I guess that's possible. Uh, Pinker, of course, you know, again, according to specific metrics, and that's one of the things we're going to talk about today is like, not all metrics, but maybe some, mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we've been led astray by our innate negativity bias, which there is a really significant amount of evidence for from an evolutionary perspective where we tend to focus on the negative. Um, and, you know, the stories that we see in the news now that get amplified. Um, and he argues that at least according to a number of different metrics, that's not true. And then uh, Bregman goes uh, even farther and actually counters some of Pinker's stuff as well about how, you know, prehistoric man, you know, life was nasty, brutish and short. And humans were essentially such and such and warlike and things like that. So um, it's interesting to have these evidence-based counterpoints to a lot of our inherent biases. The, uh, the skeptical doom and gloom position is the easy, you know, Bregman argues that the skeptical doom and gloom position is the easy, lazy position. It's the mm -hmm. default position and perhaps it's true, but it, it, it needs more evidence to back it up. And there's a significant amount of evidence, at least he argues uh, against it. So, yeah, I like, uh, uh, although Sapolsky doesn't uh, dive heavily into this particular topic, he kind of works around it in different ways on behavior and, and uh, culture ramifications of this like human behavior. But he doesn't say the word the whole time progress. He like stepwise takes you through this whole timeline sequence of how we behaved over time. And so you got to extract for yourself. You got to pull out those things probably that Bregman is like, you know, front and center saying, don't forget to observe it this way. You know, I think that that could be another way that people could not directly look at progress, but maybe, you know, um, maybe a, a, at least kind of uh, jam on, yeah, jam on it in a, in a, in a different manner. Um, yeah, I think we're going to keep coming back to it, you know, over and over, but uh, just wanted to make the point on, on, uh, you know, this, uh, this concept of, and this is where Sapolsky comes into, you got to read between the lines to get it or his book, why zebras don't get ulcers, but you know, a human potential. And of course, I hope everyone knows I'm super biased on this particular topic, but human potential and human adaptation. So the physical specimen adaptation and potential does have a part to play in this. And in your previous point, you just made there that, you know, if, if really the, the, the think of it, if the physical system or just this, this whole system is not really like stressed to its potential, you know, in multiple different ways, cognitively, emotionally, physically. And I know we got to define that, right? If you don't have that stress, you're probably, in, in my opinion, you're going to come up with things that is going to make it, you know, maybe it's just a human, it's the human project, Robbie, where we, we got to come up with things that, that challenge us, right? And to your point, it's easier to take the skeptic doom and gloom approach possibly because we're, we, we, we need to come up with that. It acts as maybe an in, innate, uh, innate, uh, uh, litmus for us, right? It's like an innate thing. And like, Oh, just be careful, <laughs> you know, come up with these things and then like stress it and then go, Oh yeah, that's okay. Things are good. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I don't know why I think about it, but like maybe, you know, we could provide again, which we have to do some context around, um, 
you know, 1942 in, in, uh, in, uh, what would be a country in Poland, 1942 in Poland, right? Like <laughs> what's the definition of progress at that point in time? What's the definition of 1942 progress in America? You know, like, and the reason why I'm talking about that is that like when, when all systems are stressed, that's when, that's when you're, you're probably going to be able to like uh, jam on some things to determine what progress is. It could result in a loss of many lives, you know, and stupid, stupid ideas, et cetera. But Hey, you know, and, and I think that's where I anyways come, come up for air after Pinker and without even reading Bregman, I believe I would come up for air to kind of look around and see that is, is that, well, you know, at these point in times when we're talking about 2021, is all the systems really stressed? And I really don't think they are. I really don't think they are. I think it's, it's not really stressful. Back to Sapolsky's point on like understanding stress and adaptation for humans, you could reductionists say, listen, life right now is just adaptations. It's just adapting to different things. But here's the point. What happened if, and I'll throw in some dystopic, uh, you know, uh, thought experiment here. Let's just say China decides to say, fuck it, we're taking Taiwan, motherfuckers. It's at this time. We're looking at your president and he's like, man, eh, I'm not really interested. We're fucking taking it. So just keep going down the road as to what that means, what that means to you, what that means to a 20 year old in the United States, right? A 20 year old male in the United States. So just, so just you know, play that out and now ask the question, what is progress? You know, what is progress now? Now systems are really stressed, right? Really stressed, like all systems are stressed. So, and the reason why I just bring that up is then, then you can say, well, how much does it really matter if you can get your Normatech uh, machine by Christmas, if something like this happens? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's like it, that it's it, when, when shit is really stressed, that's when you can figure out like, is this fucking thing progressive or are we just like, we're just playing, <laughs> you know, did you get any of that? Does that make sense whatsoever? Where my thought, my brain's going? Okay. Yeah, it did. And I just have to say, it does fucking matter if I get my normal tech by Christmas. Day. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, is, that is progress. <laughs> you know, Taiwan is one thing, but the port of Long Beach. I knew, Beach how, to, I knew how to squeeze you, right? I knew how to like rip that one. The port of Long Beach better get me my normal tech. <laughs> Swimming. Banging on containers like a, <laughs> like a Greenpeace boat, <laughs> spraying water. Yeah. Oh man. No, the, water the water doesn't even reach the freaking top of the tanker, right? You're just spraying oh, hard at metal. Oh man. No, but I do think that's a really good point, and that's like uh, so I'm about halfway through Bregman's book, but like one of the best parts of the book that actually opens it. You know, you were talking about 1942 Poland. He talks about like he has an extensive first part on what it was like in London when they were being bombed for nine months, you know, and was it just doom and gloom and everyone is out to get each other and steal this from the other. And, uh, and he just, he cites example after example, after example of like, no, that, that wasn't the case. And people were helping each other and, mm -hmm. and uh, laughing and measures of happiness and health and all these different things. And so uh, no, I, I, I think that's, that's, that's super interesting. And just the notion of like, like you were saying, what, what is true, like full on stress versus seeming stress Do humans seek out, you know, misery and suffering to a certain extent to maybe replicate a, uh, 
evolutionary environment where, you know, um, exactly you hit you, at any moment or something like that. Yeah. You know so I mean? I'm so thankful you're, you picked up on all that garbage that I threw at you. You put it into words that made sense to me. Yeah. That's exactly what I meant in a, in a sentence. Um, another, so we won't dive deep into this, but just an interesting little, uh, tidbit for the book that I thought that was one of my favorite parts. <laughs> um, one of the things he discusses extensively is Lord of the Flies and uh, how that has no basis in fact whatsoever. Like mm-hmm. it was a fictional book mm-hmm. that caught on popularly written by kind of a crotchety old man. Um, and he actually hunted down. There actually was a Lord of the Flies situation where like they were super cooperative and they were very happy and no one killed each other. But just he, he brings those up in the context of like, you know, mm-hmm. humans look for no, we're, we're shitty and we'll turn on each other and, you know, do whatever we can. But then when you actually look at the, the real example of what actually happened in a, you know, kids got stranded and what did they do type situation? No, they were cooperative and helpful. So just 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 a useful counterpoint to those kind of innate negativity biases that we, we sometimes have. Yep. I'll mention uh, Goldberg's, Jonah Goldberg's book, uh, Suicide of the West might be a good one as well. It talks about that. Um, the noble savage and then movement into like, what is, you know, what is, you know, what is that balance in civilization that will occur, right? And how we'll come up with these notions of what's good, what's bad, and how, you know, the growth from these little tribes into, you know, uh communities into you know civilization states empires how looking at that lens could also make sense of things for you right to how people like you know you have three people what happens when you have ten thousand? you're all you have this bigger project how you're all gonna get along well he would say there's a lot of things that humans will work out they'll figure some shit out right and then you come up with language and law and etc and it kind of makes sense so i like your point there of like depends on how you're looking at it and who shares those observations. Right. But again, this point I would just made, it's so easy. And I think, is that, is that what Bregman's saying? It's just so easy to pick the, do- the doom aspect and like, just pull it out. And, you know, I, t- I totally get that now. But, yeah. Now that you said that, it's like, my gosh, that is so easy. Yeah. Yeah. And whether it's, I mean, he, you know, he, I mean, there, there are multiple different avenues where this comes from, but, you know, obviously original sin is one of the most famous examples of this. Yeah. And just, yeah that we are innately bad and must be saved you know so he, he a lot of his stuff is a is a counterpoint to that okay cool um so just a couple more things and then we're going to launch into the fitness and progress discussion so you know human endeavors that you might say have seen progress since the dawn of homo sapiens would be things like philosophy art music literature math architecture computation medicine now something important to point out there philosophically that i was thinking about is you can say there's been progress within those endeavors, certainly, but then you could ask the more broad and general question of, well, but have those endeavors led to progress for the species, right? You could ask, you know, kind of those deeper uh, questions. And then, you know, we can ask our fitness and health uh, among those items. Are, are, they, are they things that have seen progress? Are they things that have not seen any progress? Are they things that have gotten reversed in progress? Um, you might run an inverse pinker argument. You know, we might do something like this when we get to fitness and progress where we say, well, you know, maybe war, terror, crime, violence, poverty, so on and so forth is a lot better now, but does that mean categorically across the board? That's the case. And I think we will probably not end up in a similar 
place as Pinker with regard to fitness and optimal health? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, it's, you know, again, we got to define what progress means in what context. Um, are fitness and health among these items? I, I would, I believe no. But uh, it, again, you and I, Robbie, have to do a good job as to, again, what, what are you and I and this podcast defining as fitness and health, right? We do have to, we have to do that again, because if we're going to use the public's version of health, which is basically just upright, right? It's mortality measures. That's, that's like, oh, progress, whatever happened there, it was good. You know, the ages are going up. That honestly is where all things align. And, and all of those numbers, um, if you don't think it's important, also lead back to the intentions inside of medicine and all the research and all the fixing and all the duct taping, right? So it's, it's pretty important that they use that as the beacon, right? The numbers, you know, and I know it's important because, you know, even how you look at the data over the past couple of years, things aren't better in the Western world for that number. And there's not a lot of talk about it. That's so that's where, you know, it's like, oof, you know, that's, that's one of the things that was there like, oh, we gotta, you know, it's, you know, we're going to hang on to that puppy. So I think if Pinker writes something else again in 10 years and reflects on this time period, I think there would be, there's going to be a little blip in his language of what progression means when he ties that health and fitness together, that conversation. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, we could go deep into the weeds with it, but just at a 30,000 foot level that both you and I have discussed before, if we define set success as the suppression of symptoms and not being dead, one can't argue. You no, can't argue. Not. I mean, conventional medicine is yeah. spectacular in its success. Yeah. But if we are talking about the optimal function of the human organism, um, whether that be mentally or in terms of like the gallbladder is functioning the way it should be and your blood sugar is functioning the way it should be. And, you know, just these basic norms around like what someone's HRV should be and things like that and basic levels of fitness, it's the exact opposite. It's a, it's a dystopia, right? It's, yep. I mean, uh, we in the past hundred years have traded the acute causes of death, which were the main causes a hundred years ago and, you know, waterborne illness and, you know, a long time ago, bear attacks and things. So people don't die from bear attacks as much anymore, like acute things, but uh, from a chronic perspective, it's, it's in the exact opposite direction. Yeah. Um, all right. So last thing before we get into fitness and progress, so connection, some connections between philosophy and discussions of progress. So three different connections here. One connection is, the human nature question that just it, it's worth bearing in mind, I think, as we get into fitness and progress, this, this, this question um, is human nature essentially good and then progress ruined it, or is human nature essentially bad and progress fixed it? So two famous philosophers here would be political philosophers would be Hobbes and Rousseau. Hobbes famously said that life before civilization was nasty, brutish and brutish and short and only civilization with a strong government can tame our basic instincts and allow us to live longer in something resembling you know, a, uh, a civilized society. And then Rousseau, and this, this I think will actually tie in directly to the fitness discussion. You know, man is born free and yet everywhere he is in change. The notion of the noble savage. Pre-civilization, we were good, free, and noble, and it's civilization that corrupts us. And do you see any connections between the fitness discussion there at all? <laughs> hmm, yes, yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't. <laughs> don't don't go there just yet yeah um 
connection to within philosophy for 2000 years, there's been this question about philosophy itself. You know, you know, people think, oh, well, we have angst about this in fitness. Philosophy has been asking this the whole time. Unlike physics, where, you know, you've got Newton and Einstein and yeah, we have Kant and Hegel, but these are different systems that kind of war against each other. Is there is this question of is there any progress? So, you know, Alfred North Whitehead, the famous uh, 20th century philosopher, said the safest general characterization of the European philosoph philosophical tradition is that it consists of a series of footnotes to Plato, not a great view of progress. Um, meanwhile, that, would that mean in that language? It's it's the previous well we mentioned uh, just a, a roundabout way of the same things done a different way. That, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I suppose there are different ways you could take it, where you could say something like, "Well, Plato sets the agenda," and then people try to make maneuvers within that. But I mean, I, I definitely think a non-problematic interpretation of that is something like, "Yeah, it's it's just it's just." Plato all over again, those same exact discussions, just in different different language. Uh, meanwhile, one of my late grad school mentors, uh, Gary Gutting, uh, who used to uh, head up the, uh, the stone for the New York Times, which was the philosophy section, wrote a book called What Do Philosophers Know? Where he argued pretty forcefully, no, we, we have made progress in philosophy and there are certain things that we know now that we didn't know back, back in Plato's time. But just to give you a sense that, um, you know, even within philosophy, this question has been discussed. And then the last connection that I that I absolutely think will be relative relevant to fitness and progress is appearance and reality. Uh, I don't know of any domain of inquiry that is more obsessed with this distinction than philosophy. Um, and I think this will bear tremendously on our discussion because, of course, on the face of it, it seems as though barbells and Normatex and blood sugar monitors and whoops and auras and true coach and my fitness pal. How could they not be forms of progress in fitness? But we have to ask while they may initially seem like progress that we could track our macros or our HRV or what have you, in what way is that actually any better than a hundred thousand years ago? Mm -hmm. That's, that's where we get to. So yeah, would you say that, uh, on that point, uh, with the rise of technology over the past 20 years, um, I would like you to comment from your lens, from uh, expertise in philosophy or take on that like professional domain as you know, <laughs> professional philosopher with whatever that means. Um, like I would see philosophy as, as the, uh, as something that's, uh, that's extremely important. Uh, today, you know, again, again, that's another, it's another, I guess it's another, uh, you know, conversation, right? The importance of philosophy at different times, you know, what is progress over philosophy? But uh, on that last thing, what, what's your thoughts on that? Like, I mean, because I, I see, um, and of course, you could be biased, I could be biased, but with the advent of, you know, this new world, right? Because it is a new world, the internet is, you know, a new world. Well, I'm saying it's a new world for, for this big issue of perception, right? So if that is the case, you know, shouldn't there be like thousands of thinkers coming out of academia like every month in order to resist the, the urge to just, you know, do you, do you hear what I'm saying on that? Yeah. Like today's day and age, like we need, 
we need a lot more of those individuals who who are going to spend all their time like all in on this uh this philosophizing conversation around around that just because of the, the strength in that fantasy and the future fantasies I, I yeah i couldn't agree more i think philosophy is more relevant than ever i do think philosophy has made progress although you know, again, like you were saying, we have to define what progress means in each endeavor. It's not like physics where it's like, oh, there's this new paper comes out each month and this different experiment comes out. Philosoph the very nature of philosophy is it's, you know, these deeper questions and perspectives and paradigms uh, around particular things that we encounter. So it's a very different sort of thing. I'm forgetting his name right now. Um, it's not Leonard Susskind. He's the actual, he's the physicist, but um, within uh physics there's a very famous physicist who are, has argued that part of the reasons that part of the reason that physics has stalled out over the past hundred years and has not been able to unite gravity with quantum mechanics is that unlike einstein who is very much connected to philosophy and these deeper questions around what is space what is time you know uh things like that physics has very much lost a taste for um philosophy and that's one of the reasons why it's not making the progress that it needs to make so that's, that's just an example to kind of tie into your question of uh yes i think philosophy is tremendously relevant i think it does help us make progress i think itself it has made progress but um the way in which it makes progress is a very different type of thing than biology experiments or chemistry experiments or physics yeah. experiments yeah well maybe we can just call it something different right maybe it's just room for contemplation or maybe it's like language in the public education system right that's like when you're in grade four five six seven eight nine you know for my daughters right you know they have no idea what this means they call it socratics or these other versions of debates etc but i think possibly we may need to like start the, the, if we, if we agree, if most people agree with the notion that I just proposed or my observation on that needing to be like deep inside of, right. The, the classic line, right. We need to, we, we need to teach kids how to think, not what to think. Right. So how to think, I didn't call it philosophy. Do you see that? It's like, it's just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm bleeding it. So I guess I'm, I'm saying that, yeah, it would be Einstein like, where they were, they were generalists, right? But they had these other characteristics with them that allowed them to come up with those really big things. So I totally agree with it. I, it's Eric, well, I don't know if it, the person you're speaking of is Eric Weinstein, but he's one of the people too that is deeply invested in trying to come up with the problem you just proposed. Like, it's like, you know, and I know it's tough from an outsider looking in to say, how in the hell is, can you make that statement that physics is stalled that period of time it's like well if you listen to him speak about it, it's like oh yeah really holy crap you know uh, but he is a he is a quote-unquote philosopher right you see what i'm saying like but he's not called that but that's what he does in order to come up with these real challenging things so anyways thank you for letting me mess with that but i see that as being um you know uh i just see it as being really important for the past 20 years because of the internet and because of uh of technology for this whole perception thing. And I think if you were to have this like, you know, connector app, right? An, let's call it an app because it's it's cool to call it that today. 
but a student's going through four years of university, you learn this application, right? Once a semester, which is like, like the, the pieces of philosophy, right? And call it something different, argumentation, debate, questioning, contemplation or whatever. And it's embedded in you. So you come out, you're fucking engineer. I don't know, whatever it is you finish with, but you're capable of having those pieces inside. And I would say in most cases, you're going to get someone who is going to see the world, the metaverse <laughs> and go, Hmm, interesting. That's the first thing they're going to do, right? They're right. not going to go, <laughs> they're going to go, Hmm, which is the classic, you know, the ph philosophers, you know, physical stance, right? That, that's the, just take a second. Right. <laughs> so. No, I, I totally agree. And that's, I mean, that's part of the idea behind, you know, uh, different, you know, great courses, traditions, and great books and things like that. And I mean, I think, I think there are at least three things that whether you call it philosophy or how to think, um, whatever you call it can do. I think number one, it provides you with a series of tools that can help you in any area of inquiry to analyze and suss out, you know, what makes sense, what doesn't, what implicit assumptions are there. I think two, it allows you to see connections between different disciplines than you otherwise wouldn't see. Like you can learn about art and you can learn about math and you can learn about science, but philosophy is kind of the discipline that helps you see connections between all of those, um, those different things. And I think the last one that probably to me is one of the most important is unlike um, you know, physics experiments or chemistry, which help us discover different ways the world actually is. Uh, philosophy is tremendous at helping us open our mind to different conceptual possibilities, right? Yeah. It, it yeah. broadens the conceptual landscape. You know, it's just the same way traveling does or reading does where it's like, oh, this must be done this one way because of my parents or my culture, what have you. Yeah. Philosophy allows you through a similar but different modality to say, oh, no, wait, you know, this conceptual possibility might be open if I ditch this assumption. Yes. And, which is a very, very powerful thing. Yeah, I would, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I'll add to it as well. I think that the, that for two, that for the current culture today, the, the uh, freedom that comes with the, uh, the like everyone being okay with you actually thinking about different things i think is significant is so significant important of importance today right so if you don't hear what i'm saying there or don't listeners don't hear what i'm saying like there's certain taboo or what's called you know off the two rails you know things that <laughs> listen only 30 years ago it was still you know, allowable in free thought, like bring the fucking Nazis into the room. Like, listen, stand up, make your point. We're going to have a counter argument. We're going to, you know, <laughs> this is the numbers. These are the thing, you know, Hey, let's have, let's have that conversation. So, and I know that sounds extreme, but you see what I'm saying? If you can't even like, even, even if you're, it's created hesitancy. That's what it has. It's created a hesitancy to even like, should I even, should I even think about those possibilities? If you don't allow that, right? And then put it into speech and speak with other people about it, which is the practice of getting everyone in the town hall and having this discussion, right? You're not gonna come up with like really good solutions, you know? So 
I see it, especially today for, for the culture, it being extremely important because it allows this like truest, you know, freedom of thought, you know, and the way you're going to figure out what is good, you know, and come up with these things in my belief is going to, you, you're going to have to like, think about the really hard shit, the uncomfortable shit, the, the thought experiments that are really disgusting. Right. And, and people who have had those thought things, um, you know, uh, like I just I just thought about the who's the who's the utilitarian, the current alive utilitarian master uh, in. Peter Singer. Sorry, Peter Singer. Yeah. Singer like, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. you know, like going into some of those thought experiments and he's been he's been uh, publicly like really beaten up for some of those thought experiments. And he's like, listen, it's just a thought experiment to get the to get the wheels turning right on creating a definition, right, of what utility is. Um, anyways, so thank you for uh, for just taking the time on our podcast to work through that one. But something like you raised its head there on the on the on the necessity for for philosophy for the for the current time. No, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, whether, whether the cultural recognize it or not, um, and obviously there are different cultures that are more or less amenable to it, obviously, you know, yeah. I remember talking with some of my British philosopher friends and British culture tends to be much more amenable and, you know, yeah. uh, Canada from, from what I've heard, at least uh, Canadian programs and things like that, more amenable to philosophy, whereas American is so, you know, obviously it depends on what we're talking about, but it's, yeah. uh, I, I think it's, it's absolutely relevant. So, yeah. Um, okay. Fitness and progress. Um, I mean, lots of questions here. I don't know if you have a preference on where you want to start. If you want me to pick something, we go into that, but lots of stuff to discuss here. Yeah, no. Um, geez, which direction to take for, well, how about, uh, just a, a softer, uh, softer start only because it's down on paper and you know, what we, uh, you know, let's, let's maybe take a stab at what we're, why we should talk about progress and fitness. What's your, yeah. What's your thoughts on that? Sure. I mean, I think there are a couple of reasons at least. I mean, one is again, you know, it's, it's, it's almost an innate, or I, I think it's an innate human disposition to want to know like, Hey, are we moving forward in this endeavor? Are we staying still? And Yep. Are we re regressing? And, it, you know, there, there is some normativity to those things. And maybe we should ask, should there be normativity? Like, is it okay to go back every once in a while? Is it okay to stay in place? It doesn't always need to be progress. Um, I think a second thing is, gosh, just the distinction between appearance and reality. It seems like in, in all these other endeavors, you know, take quantum mechanics and its ability to create computers and TVs and, you know, microchips and all these different things. It seems as though whoops and auras and, you know, assault bikes and all these different apps and sensors and equipment, of course, all these things that didn't exist 100 years ago, of course, we've made progress in fitness. But of course, that, that, that exact instinct that you were just talking about, you know, the philosopher looking at the metaverse, like, what is it though? Mm -hmm. What is it though? And uh, I, I think both of us share a similar intuition where we would say something like, is this really progress? Um, maybe it's actually taking us in, in the wrong direction. Um, and if it is, then, then that leads to the even more relevant practical question. Well, what should we do instead in our, in our current landscape? If this stuff isn't progress and it's not helping us get closer to what we, where we need to be and it's 
you know, it, it just looks cool, but it's not actually helping us get where we need to be. What, what should we be doing instead to get to optimal health and fitness? So those are some initial thoughts there. Yeah. Awesome. No, that, that was fantastic. I think that's a good opener. Um, we could take it from here in multiple different ways, but I just thought about the word, uh, uh, capture, um, with regards to that, you know, like a fitness and progress and why should we even be inside the conversation for fitness and progress? If possibly it could be so simple, if possibly, or we are also falling prey to like just being inside of it, thinking it's progressive, but really we're just talking and, you know, um, doing this, um, doing this back and forth for, for nothing, but only for you and I to kind of like work things through, you know? Um, and, and just to be honest, if that's the case at the end of the day, I'm okay with that, <laughs> you know, just be completely honest, you know? Um, uh, I think that, uh, you know, which I'm not sure if this will be a stepping stone, you know, so you can look ahead and say, okay, well, that's not going to take us to this direction. So I'll just go there. But, um, I'd like to go back and say that I think how we, how, I think who the observer here is in, in making these, these points is really key. Like who, you know, who's, who's asking or making these observations around progress, right? I think that's really, really key to look into like the, the 12 year old, the, the 32 year old, the 65 year old. And I just use ages to kind of just open up our minds. Like, you know, you know, who is this conversation really important for like really important for and and who would who would care about that conversation of progress and fitness? I think it's always important to think about that so we don't make these generalized statements of like, this is why progress and fitness is important and it's good for the whole thing. But it's like, really, you know, um, it, it, you know, as, a tw- as an example, the 12 year old, I just think of Chloe, my daughter, um, who, holy shit, is going to be a teen in a month. It's still mind blowing to me. Um, and like, you know, the man progress and fitness for her. And I don't mean to drown down in that area, but it's like, you know, that's not, not even on the radar. So that, that's something to take into consideration is that just remember, um, we don't have any idea of the awareness capability, uh, for this particular conversation for a lot of people. Now, the reason why that's important, I believe is that there's a lot of coaches who could be listening here who you need to know, remember, you know, it's not one of the golden rules, but remember that, that, you know, you, you don't know that person on the other side, right? You don't know. Our whole goal is to try to try to learn about them, right? Their experiences and where they are, what their capabilities are, et cetera. And you have to figure out what their awareness capability is. Like a, we call it backroom, a, a cofactor of you know, fitness intelligence as an assessment, right? Like you you got you to figure out how they're going to take information, how they're going to learn, how they're going to move, how they're going to progress, et cetera, in the word progress. And we need to know that. Um, second, I think that uh, based on my previous point, like, um, or this, this answer of like what health is, I think that kind of covers our whole thing of progress and fitness and how people observe it, i.e., you know, the, 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 the definition of the public's version of health, and I'm repeating this, is, you know, upright. So mortality is used, like how long do people live? And that, that pretty much, it, there seems to be like a period and not a, not a semicolon after that for, for the conversation, right? Like, well, where, 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 what do we look, what do we look to? This is the public's question. What do we look to, to determine, you know, if this whole project has been progressive in fitness and health, right? Without even talking about the corruption inside of putting those two words together, but fitness and health, they'll be like, well, people are living longer. We don't need to have any other discussion. 
And I think that that part needs to be needs to be maybe you and I need to like jam a little bit on that of redefining it if it's not too lengthy on like potential and and maximal human potential regardless of this you know long term mortality outcome as being the defining factor. Um, as, as you know, because inside of that whole project, there's a shit ton of apathy and mediocrity and unknown measures, right? Of like, oh, you can't prove that fucking broccoli is better than the Doritos. Like it just gets, it gets shitty. And, you know, uh, a third point on that, the, uh, let's not forget that this project of like, you know, uh, I, I put it in these terms, but it's, it's just a, it's just a simple way of saying it. We've only had 150 years practice really of this like 55 to 85 years of age, like concept for a majority of humans, right? Majority of humans, like it hasn't been longer than, I know there's a lot of, you know, infanticide and in the early age uh, deaths and a whole bunch of shit, but there was a point in time where uh, medicine, you know, clean running water and what else? Fucking engines, uh, refrigeration, like that, that actually <laughs> was the like, splitting point right of like this whole new project holy fuck like what are we going to do from 55 to 85 so i want to i wanted to throw that out in term because fitness and progress and the conversation of it in my opinion has to be based upon those previous associations it has to be based upon that i.e like you know you can't use 85 and upright as being your only measure and we can't forget that it was were these things that has only given us a short timeline of practice of these, you know, multiple years after 55, right? So, and I think by saying that, I've just, you know, I could have convoluted things, but it makes people say there's a lot of things that are going to go inside your definition of fitness and progress uh, for, for what that may mean. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean... I could be wrong. This is just kind of maybe a guess, but I think part of the reason why maybe today people still obsess over the longevity metric is because for all of human history, like literally all of human history until very recently, we've been trying desperately to, you know, not have it where if you got attacked by a bear or if you, you know, caught a cold, like, or if you had complications in childbirth, that was it. And we finally did it kind of. Kind of, kind of, kind of, yeah. Um, uh, at least with regard to certain acute things, we really have moved the needle in an incredibly astounding way. But it really, like, like we've said repeatedly, it really has to be defined as like, are you not dead, and have we suppressed your symptoms? That is, yeah. Not like, are you okay? Are we okay with that? Right? Okay. Yeah. Medicine, water, refrigeration. Are you okay? You know, it's like, it's like, we're asking that question. Are we, is everyone okay with that now? Okay. Now get on with things. It's like, no, I'm not okay with that. I think that's what I'm saying, Robbie. Yeah. Like, I'm not okay with that. That's not, that's not my definition, you know? Um, yeah, it's not, that's not, and that's not, uh, it's not progress. And, For me yeah. and how I, how I see that. Right. Yeah. It's not a math thing, I guess. It's not math. There's, some, there's something more to that is that is the whole timeline of like, you know, <laughs> how much of that did you like, did you continually learn things Did you continually like physically challenge yourself? Did you, did you, did you ask like tomorrow, you know, is there, is there some new thing that I can like move into? 
and and try for, right? That, that's what I that's what I that's what I think the progress project is, right? But how is that measurable? You know, for me for me to define that. Oh, so so I'm saying, oh, that's progress. How are you going to measure that as being progress, right? I mean, we can. I, don't know. I mean, I think there are certain metrics we can certainly reference. That I mean, again, if we're talking like not dead and suppressing symptoms, like clearly the curve has gone up. But if we're talking, you know, cardiovascular health, metabolic health, blood sugar, you know, uh, diversity of gut bacteria, you know, neurotransmitter function. I mean. There's, there's a whole slew of metrics we could point to to say, well, things just haven't been going in the right direction. And then for fitness, I mean, you know, we could use some of the ones that you've proposed in the past, like people being able to run for two hours or, you know, deadlift this or pull, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, yeah. The, those, those metrics, I don't know how anyone could argue that things have been moving in a better direction. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I put down two there that people could always, if it helps coaches, you could always use this in language. Um, it doesn't mean you're going to have like, you know, a whole ton of research to back this up. You'd have to do, you can email me james at opexfit.com. I can give you some reading to go into it, but yeah, obesity and happiness as to how those two things are defined, you will find a whole ton of things that would indicate a majority of people are not moving towards you know, what I define as like the beacon for physical function, cognitive ability and contentment, you know, people are not as a whole, not moving towards that. And there's a lot of data saying that, that that's not happening, you know, and the obesity happiness one and happiness is, is just a, you know, a, a word, but uh, you can, you'll get into the, the psychological evaluations and this whole area of contentment and the measurement of contentment um, you know, inside of that, and you'll see that it's not going that direction. So I guess back to my point, you answered, you answered my question that, uh, it is possible to measure. And so, so on that, would you say then that, uh, if we were to only use those things, um, that it wouldn't be a, a clear indication of, of, uh, progress more so than the, just being upright, the age, you know, not, not only not a clear indication of progress and active regression. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I just thought of this as you were mentioning this, and I'm curious to think if you think this is a good or a, a decent metric, we have exact numbers from every single pharmaceutical company of pharmaceuticals that have been prescribed and produced. Yeah. Um, every one of those, you know, again, let's, let's make caveats for, there are certain acute cases that, you know, uh, it is important, you know, if someone has severe, severe psychiatric issues or what have you, like. There are certain acute cases where pharmaceuticals uh, may be necessary and or beneficial, but anyone has to admit that that is the significant minority of the pharmaceuticals that are prescribed. Um, and every pharmaceutical that you can possibly think of in one way or another is meant to typically suppress function, beta blocker, HMG-CoA reductase inhibitor, uh, you know, proton pump inhibitor, these are all things that in a normal human, if there is proper physiological function, there should be no symptoms. So just right there, the fact that we have, I don't know, millions, billions, however many prescriptions are actually prescribed, that's an objective number we can reference. Um, that should not be happening. 
aside from acute issues, that should not be happening. And that, to me at least, is, is a sign of active regression of, of, of health. Uh, how, how could those, you know, in a, in a, you know, to take the FDN kind of couching of it that I'm sure came from somewhere else before that, in a normal functioning healthy human being where there's 100% function, there are no symptoms. Well, if there are symptoms and if there are things being prescribed for those symptoms, that means that there's not physiological function. That's, so that's an objective, you know, we don't need to get to these, you know, cloudy things of like, well, how can you define happiness? And, you know, it, it's still worthy to ask, are people happy or not? But like, objectively, we know how many prescriptions have been prescribed and we know it's not, you know, it doesn't line up with human physiological function. So um, I would say active regression. Yeah, active. great. Yeah, that great words. Um, it's it's and uh, it is deeper than FDN. I mean that you get you get into the purest nature natural thought. Uh, when, I mean that's <laughs> talk about Plato times like that. Um, but I don't want to fall prey to that one being like it's 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 all it was all said then. But there was a lot of things said then. It was like <laughs> you know there's this apple, there's sunshine. Keep moving, take a crap, like think hard things physically challenge yourself, you know, it's like, there's, there's more than that. It's like, oh gosh, I don't know. Um, yeah. And so, and so the, the, it, it seems like progress because of all those things. Um, well, let's take it in this angle for the appearance aspect for, cause it seems, and maybe it ties in, you know, who's, who's inside of it, but let's just take, take this, take this idea, Robbie, you can run with it in multiple different ways. Um, the just take the avatar of the of the 25 to 30 year old um, individual who is who thinks that fitness is for, for whatever reasons thinks that fitness is really important today and and how how they like there's a there because there's a lot of individuals at that age who who really do think that how others see them performing that fitness matters far more than the questioning around if they should do it whatsoever. So just take, take that one and how does, like, how, how do we run, how, how do we, I guess my question is I'm trying to come up with a, uh, I'm trying to come up with a way to reach these individuals on, on getting them to ask the question, if it's possible, Robbie, you know, how are you defining progress? How are you defining progress in fitness? You know, am I, am I thinking that I should probably just say, listen, don't even touch them. They're not hurting themselves. Wait until they're 35 and then say, now, listen, now that you got a full brain, you know, isn't that funny? You know what I'm saying? But I, the reason why I'm asking is I feel there's a shit ton of people between 25 to 35 years of age who are just who are a part of like an unconscious project that I think they're, they're pulling away a lot of resources, a lot of physical resources. And I think that's what I'm sensing is like, how do we like hit that, hit that 25 year old with the right kind of language to make them say for today in our talk, like, you know, what is progress to you? You know, is this, is this whole thing progressive, you know? Am I asking too much there for you to solve the uh, social media dilemma and attention economy? <laughs> Instagram followers and TikTok views. That, that's progress. Did my uh, triple kettlebell snatch with fireworks on the side get uh, a million likes and 
parts. And, and in a couple of years, you actually won't even do it, but you will. Yeah. I mean, Meta will, uh, will, anyways, is any thoughts on the, any thoughts on that? I just feel something for that group, you know, in terms of like, what is reality? I'm sensing a huge majority of them. Um, it almost feels like we need to have like 30 couch sessions, you know, like 30 sessions for an hour each to be like, you know, it doesn't matter. Like it, you know, anyways. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I agree. I don't, I don't know that I have a solution. I mean, I, I, I do think one thing in particular that comes to mind that I think relates to what you just said and, and to this overall discussion is measurement feels like progress. Measurement feels like progress. Like we, we think, oh, because like something is scientific, it can be measured, therefore it's progress. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure you've seen people like this and I see people like this where, oh, if I can measure it on my whoop or if I can put the force collar on the, by the way, that's the name of an actual product on the barbell and like measure the velocity of the bar and mm -hmm. like, well, I'm doing, you know, I was doing 0.5 meters per second before and now I'm doing 0.81 or what, what, what have you like measurements has the appearance of progress and you know sometimes measurement is important right i mean that uh that that, that can be useful in, in certain things but i think there are a lot of gizmos and gadgets today where you know we can give you such and such recovery score or we can tell you how high your heart rate was with orange theory or all these different things and it and it feels as though because you can see the thing going higher uh it's progress but you know you and I and a lot of others would argue, well, well, no, just just because just you can measure the thing doesn't mean the data is worth paying attention to that. that there's a philosophical point right there that relates to fitness and progress. Yeah. Just you can measure it doesn't mean it's worth measuring or that yeah. it has any bearing on anything. Yeah. And um, also just because things, I think the words that I, that I, that I hear there is like, it's easy to see that what seems trendy is definitely progressive inside the culture of fitness. Yeah. I mean, like it, it seems progressive. It's yeah. like, you know, cause I mean, on the uh, Jimmy on the street, <laughs> if I was to ask those questions, you know, <laughs> those yeah. people, we're still going to do that. Those yeah. people, um, uh, of course, keeping six feet apart, those people are going to answer like, well, are you doing, um, are you doing this high intensity interval training? Do you know what I mean? Like the, 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 these public individuals are like, Listen, I know I've read I've read magazines, so I know what should be offered in fitness today. Uh, so the first question comes out of their mouth: Are you trendy? Right, like you know, and that to the to the public's mind, and then to the coach's mind is like, oh, that means that I have to keep up with the trends and be current to be deemed as progressive. Right, I am all in on this progress. Well, how can you prove that to me? Look at my whoop band. Look at the new fancy version of resistance that I have here, right? It's like, and this is a great sell to the public because then they perceive that, oh my gosh, like the, the you know, I'm not going to go into a gym that just has fucking rocks and sunshine. <laughs> you know, it's an open air gym. <laughs> oh man, it's like, where's all the Where's all the trendy current things? That's not progress. So I think, you know, even to answer my own question, 
um, and you you did a good job of it of you know he's moving around in there um, is that uh, it it does require uh, I think education again on this uh, you know on the simple things. Yeah, it's the education on the simple things and, and education on, I guess, like, well, what do you define as progress? So asking the person, right? Asking the person, well, what do you define as progress, right? And then what you get back, at least now you know, it's like, okay, now I know how you're perceiving this entire thing, right? right. And then I can say, I can tell that it's going to take a lot of conversations over a long period of time. And we're just not going to tiptoe into that right now, because I can see that it's just going to take a lot of moving around and kind of shaking things. And then your brain, you know, will get to the point where you're like, okay, I get that. You know, what others perceive of me, is not really that important. Okay. And now you're like, oof, okay, that's great. Now let's get into this area of understanding, right? The concepts of longevity and consistency and all those wonderful, wonderful basics for that. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, having those questions and conversations. I mean, when, when you think to almost any piece of tech in the health world, with maybe a couple of, like, there are a couple exceptions I can think of that I think are interesting, but, you know, uh, a happy light, blue light glasses, um, a cold plunge, a continuous glucose monitor, like in one way or another, they're trying to restore us to biology, like a continuous glucose monitor. That's that, I mean, that is really cool in terms of progress and you being able to monitor that given a sick and diabetic population, but like, what's the use for a CGM in biology, right? Yeah. And where is intuition and responsibility gone now? Yeah. So all the ones you'd mentioned, like they seem like these progressive new technologies, but in my opinion, they remove intuition and they remove freedom. There I said it, like it removes freedom from this, like you, like the hard thing, you should know this. Well, oh, how do I know that? You eat that food. How do you feel? I feel like a piece of shit. Don't be afraid of saying that. And then going, probably need to change that up the next time, right? Like, oh, I definitely gonna need a monitor. You know, see that it just like drops. It drops all of that. Like this, this to your point is biological intuition that somehow <clears throat> we've given it up. You know. We've given it up and it's been like, oh, let's allow the machines or something else or my coach to take care of that, to get in the, to get inside the medium. Right. And it, uh, man, it's, it, there's that, you know, just taking a big view, looking at that, that is not, in my opinion, progress. That's not progress of the fitness relationships, right? Uh, that's not progress of, of fitness knowledge, right? That's not, that's not progress. Yeah, I'll continue on with that thought. I think something that's important to me personally is uh, teaching, learning, moving, and creating. The learning aspect is really important to me. Uh, what's inside of that is progress, right? Progress, because learning, learning, when you say the word learning, intrinsically inside of it means that like there's this downloading of information that helps you navigate the future, right? Like you're, you're, you are taking things on, right? That's helpful. I'll go back to your definition. Gradual betterment as the definition of progress, right? How do you get betterment? You, you got to put things in the system that allow you to like, oh, fucking, oh, I can navigate this thing better. I'm adapting. I'm moving. That's called learning, 
right? So the so I think that um, on a, on a bigger view, that's probably why I'm um like I guess I'm sensitive to the lack of reality around what seemingly looks like progress because of that, Robbie, that I really don't think people are learning. And that's why I fucking hit the autonomy button so hard because sometimes it could, sh- it could shake people, right? It shakes them like, ooh, maybe, maybe I'm not learning. And if I'm not learning, you know, dot, 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 I'm not progressing. So it's, so if you're, and if you're not progressing, what are you doing all of it for? And then, and then now it's like, okay, listen, I'm willing to, as I've always said, I, I put my arms around those people, right? I don't like, well, fucking good luck with that. That's the persona I may have, but it's not that I want to hug you. I want you to come closer to me, right? I, I want to be there when you fall into that seemingly looks like an abyss to you, to me, you're going to fall into my arms. Like I care about that. I, I want to put you in a place of like, listen, that's a wonderful place to start from, right? Awareness, right? I, I got I got tremendous room of growth for you once you get to that point, right? It's not this fucking end road or corner that you're going to end up into. People think, you know, I'm just trying to move everyone to the fucking Versa Climber in the corner by themselves. <laughs> I swear that's what everyone thinks about, right? I just had a conversation yesterday on a, on a, I'll just call it what it, what it was, a CrossFit podcast. And, uh, you know, it just blows my mind. They, people still think that, right? It's like, as soon as I say the words, you know, fitness on their own, immediately, immediately people think they're going to, well, you know, I'm going to line everyone up in a corner with the, with the, with the rower facing the corner and just like over and over. <laughs> like they really, it's like no conversation. Well, you're just going to get in the corner. It's like, <laughs> Sorry, that was, that was way outside of my, my previous point on the um, on where I'm where I'm sensitive to the definition of progress. Right. I'm no, that's amazing. There. I was just imagining as you were saying that, like McDonald's isn't helping you, and then they trust fall into your arms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is I hope Brandon's listening into this one. Oh, I'm sure I'm sure he'll make I'm sure, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he'll make memes about it. Stamp people with an M. <laughs> there, there, I mean, there are a couple of things within there that I, I do have questions about. And I'm, I'm curious mm. your thoughts. So, you know, one, one thing, one thing, you know, I was thinking about, and we've had discussions before about this, about like, why do we even need coaches today? Why do we need a nutrition coach or a fitness coach? Do we really need to be told that broccoli is better and stuff like that? It's not necessarily, I mean, part of it's the knowledge, although I would argue not very much of it is, but it could be wrong. For the first time in human history, we are inundated. There are commercials every single, you know, 30 seconds on YouTube or what have you for, you know, Papa John's pizza and you run past, you know, 10 different fast food places um, on your way home from work. And from an evolutionary biological perspective, like those exact same things that helped us survive at one point are now, you know, hijacking us and basically pulling us towards these things. And so, you know, can there be use for coaches or devices in that sense? It, 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 it's progress in the sense of like trying to get us back to a biological norm, but like yeah. we live in this crazy world now that 
if hunter gatherers exist, yeah, they'd be going to McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. that's, that, that's what they'd be doing. Yeah. So we, we need new tools now in this world to navigate that. Like we're not going back to 200,000 years ago. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like you and I are going to live in rooms and sleep in beds and like yeah. not be outside all the time and breathe indoor air. Like we need air purifier. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're not going back to that world. So do you think in that sense, there may be, again, it's not, it's progress in a weird way. It's not, it's not, it's not, I wouldn't say gradual betterment or forward movement. I would say it's using technology to reclaim some sort of biological norm, whether it's cleaner air or fresher water or using the blood sugar monitor to be like, holy shit, that Entenmann's is taking me to 200. Like maybe I shouldn't have that in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh man, that's a great, great philosophical, uh, yeah, that's that's deep. Uh, I'll be honest. I I don't I don't think I don't think that uh, it's worth our time. Um, and I don't think that if those and I don't think there's a lot of good actors who are saying, "Oh, I'm just I'm just using this these these new tools and tech to kind of get people there to consciousness." Um, or there's not enough good actors uh, with that. Um, and uh, I think what, you know, and I think Robbie, what, you know, reality makes me want to fast forward that, i.e. like I will not be around in existence after 33 more years, maybe 43, I'm thinking 80. 80 for me would be fantastic. Um, and so there, you know, in that time, I think that's the pressure I feel is like, I, this is my own predictions, right? My own perception of how I see things. I will get exhausted, right? I'll get exhausted uh, even, even speaking about the, the conceptual ways of, you didn't say it this way, but meeting people halfway with the current tools we have to kind of get them to consciousness. I think, I think it has to be and I want to be careful how I say it because it doesn't seem like a totalitarian kind of concept. Oh, we always walk down that road. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I just don't, I don't have enough time. And I really don't think that the way things are going, uh, if, we, if we lean into those tools, it's going to really help. I think it's not. I think it's the, it's the, it's the, the root is knowledge towards wisdom. And, and that is, of course, harder, right? That is, of course, harder, but it is the right way. I think that's the right method of getting people to whatever that is, progress in terms of where fitness fits into their lifestyle and vitality and all those things we speak about in that long-term beacon. Without proper intentions uh, and knowledge of the reason why you're doing exercise, I believe it's all a construct and it's all fucking play. So where do, you know, where, where does the, the current things and tools to say this a third way to answer your question fit in? I think it's, uh, I think it's mo- mostly useless because we're assuming it's going to like, it's going to make people because, oh, it's available. So we're going to have to find a way to mesh with it. I don't think that's, that's how it's going to be used. I think like humans have shown, we're going to fast track it find a way to, 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 uh, like humans do, right. 
we'll find ways of cheating the whole thing, right? To make to to make make our way through. It's just what we do, right? And and we're gonna fall, I think, you know, into this this bucket, which we're coming back to again, this evolutionary mismatch, right? Of like these basic things have to be done um, in order for us to physically improve our resilience, but we don't need to do it, <laughs> you know, for, for the, for the, for the day to day, because I hear you saying it's just constructed this whole, this whole play on this physical expression thing is constructed. Like I don't need to lift rocks. I don't need to build homes. I don't need to do these physical things. Um, so what you're telling me is we should do resistance one day and aerobic work the next and just press repeat uh, for, for the reasons that it's just just because I can do it. Are you seriously saying that? Yes, that's what I'm seriously saying. And no tools need to be inside of that, I believe, Robbie, to get people to that point. I think it needs to be simple language and um, just just fucking just do it. Just follow these rules. <laughs> that's right. Just here's the fucking list, right? Eat these things three times a day, resistance one day, cardio the next, you know, uh, find a church, um, boop, you know, go on, get on with it. That's it. The simple, the simple things. I don't think whoop's going to help whatsoever. So that doesn't mean we don't look at what's around us. I, I love your examples, by the way. <laughs> we just sleep in beds. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, that's such a good one, right? That's a deep one. So good comfy bed yeah i mean there's just there's so much because there's cooler beds now and there's beds that actually react to your movement you know oh, like yeah. just yeah it's, you go on and on it's a wonderful example yeah i mean if you you know i don't know i'm sure you've done this at some point i certainly have if you if you do a list of like biologically what things were like you know natural births breastfeeding no antibiotics i mean you just just go down the list like and what things are like today we're not going back unless there's some sort of, you know, something happening like that, that we're, we're not going back to that world. So what do we do with the fact that like, yeah, you're right. We don't, we don't have to build houses anymore. We don't have to hunt. Um, we don't have to grow things. There's a certain group of people that do the growing or they do the hunting or like, yeah. like what, what, what do we do given that fact? Like, it's, you know, what do we do? It's my, my, my answer is it's the knowledge of your point. That's the answer. It's the knowledge of your point you just made. Make everyone aware. Listen, this is all a fucking evolutionary mismatch. Like, and let's get on with it. <laughs> like, listen, don't think that this is like the panacea. Like, don't this thing that I'm telling you here, trendy fucking current measurement, all that. That's not the answer to your woes. It may answer your woes, but it's not the answer to your woes. You see that it's all, it's all fucking, it's not necessary, but why don't we just do it? Why don't we just do it? Because we can like challenge ourselves, you know? And I fuck, as I hear myself, I sound like a fucking lunatic on that. It's like, that's not going to sit well, <laughs> you know, it's not going to, that, <laughs> that right there is like the worst marketing to do fitness. Just do it because you're capable. <laughs> what? It's folly, but do it anyway. <laughs> right. Right, Robbie. <laughs> it's 
get our PR team on it. Let's hire uh, whatever, whatever. Man, you're, you're, you're on it today. Uh, it's like I need you on my shoulder, like a little Robbie who's actually there as a bobblehead when I just like spew out three minutes of something. Like basically what he said is, it's just folly, but just do it anyway. <laughs> Maybe that's what Nike actually meant. Maybe like- implicit. No, they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they it was, didn't. It was just do it, but implicit. It was, it's all folly. They, no, they, they didn't. Don't do that. They knew, James. Don't they, they do that. Along. Oh, man. You give way too much, way too much to a truly deeply nefarious I, project. I, I, there. I'm completely joking. Okay. Um, no. I, okay, just doing a check on there. Um, one other question I really did want to ask you, because this this one that I'm, I'm genuinely curious about, I, I think I know the answer or what, what you think on this. But I do think it's worth discussion because I think there might be at least one counterexample and curious your thoughts. So if I had to characterize your position on this question of has there been progress in fitness, I would say the answer to the first question is no. no. And if we put it even in stronger terms that we sometimes ask in philosophy, is it even conceptually possible to have progress in fitness? Like, is it even conceptually possible you know, maybe there hasn't been progress, but conceptually it could be possible. But is it conceptually possible that we could have anything better than what we, you know, current than we had a hundred thousand years ago in our evolutionary history? I would take it that your answer to that second question would also be no. Uh, no, but I want to I want to give a little bit of uh, uh, a, a point of reference to what I just originally said. I think that if a huge number of people move towards the knowledge of the construct, that would be a, an okay definition for me of some kind of progress. But that's only within, but let me clarify there though, okay. that's only within the context of like us living in this crazy world where like we've lost all that we had a hundred thousand years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it's, but it's progress back to like, oh wait, we should be back there, but we're not, but like we have the knowledge. So it's okay. Yeah. That's basically, yeah. Yeah, that's basically what I what I would like inch, you know, have a, have a little bit of percentage to is like, well, if a, if a lot more people had the knowledge of that fact, then yeah, I would call that progress. Okay. Yeah, a lot more people had the knowledge of that. And as you know, I mean, just just play that out, right? The the, the capabilities of that happening today, you know, you know, the amount of vast knowledge to like add that little one little point story to the thousand other versions that are coming out, no one's gonna grasp that. No, no one I mean in, in percentages, right? No one in percentages. And that right there of the impossibility of the 999 other resisting things against people is the reason why I say, what's the way through? What's the solution? Is fucking rip the whole thing down. Is rip it down to simplicity of language and and not attach all these other you know seemingly useless tools that are going to get people to consciousness so pretty much so pretty much i mean according to what, what you just said and what we were just discussing everything air bikes dumbbells kettlebells gyms coaches the whole the whole lot of it yeah yeah, as a thought experiment, rip the whole motherfucker down and allow people to to maybe jump on this simple language and then rebuild it back up with a new intention. So maybe in like 60 years, it returns 
but everyone coming into that whatever micro gym open ceiling rocks thing it is they know they know why they're doing what they're doing so you see now it's like on a base support of what i would hope would be good intentions that they still see listen we're we're not all going to war we're not being chased by zombies you know we don't have to fucking lift cars seven times in our life like you know i mean they're all like listen we all know we're just coming together together here to physically express ourselves right why do we do this mommy because we can sweetie there was these people back in the day who really struggled with this notion there was these aha moments of these uh, these these philosophers robbie and james and under under the um under the gustinology <laughs> um <laughs> the, the gustin way was think about what you want to partake in <laughs> where does that come from <laughs> why would you do that and when they asked these questions for decades a lot of people recognized it was it was for no good reason and it was wonderful because there was this enlightenment that happened <laughs> where people recognized it was right in front of us it was free it was right there and but we we started participating in physical expression for the right reason sweetie you know, it was, for, it was for the right reasons because we knew. This goes back to that episode where we were talking about the fitness and philosophy call to prayer. Like a hundred years from now, there, there will have been some events. The, one of the, the few things to actually survive the event will have been these podcasts. <laughs> Civilization will be we extracted it from the ether. <laughs> How many years ago was that? <laughs> Breaking news. We've extracted information from a podcast. It was called a podcast. They called it a pod. It was like a pod of information. We extract that and pulled it out. <laughs> and each time they find a new episode or a new episode somehow comes to them, it's like a revelation. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> From on high, Mount Sinai. <laughs> His name oh. was Joseph. <laughs> the uh, the only other, so one one potential counterexample, although again, like I get it, it's progression in the sense of kind of going back to what we once had. But I, I do wonder about this. Like rocks come in very odd weights, right? odd shapes, odd weights. It's really, it's really hard to do any sort of linear progression with rocks, right? Like to systematically uh, build your strength. Do you think there's any benefit technologically to the, uh, the resistance project with the ability to, um, you know, now that we have dumbbells and things like that to progress weights over time with um, either barbells or dumbbells or like that in the servants of resistance? Or do you think that's kind of, that would not be an instance of progress at all? Oh, no, I, I'm, I'm okay with that conversation. I think just because I'm biased to the iron game, I'll be honest with you on that. Like I, you know, I just got a long history with iron. So, you know, I'm not gonna, not gonna jump as heavily into the poo-pooing around that one. 
Um, but I think that it goes without saying, I still do think though that the resistance project is still, is still, um, is still just, just a new age version of tools of resistance. I'll just, I'll just say that, right. It's like, it's, it's just like an, it's like, it's just like a new way to kind of investigate with the science project, you know, how to get resistance in multiple different forms. So I see the pulley and the kettlebell and the med ball and the barbell, et cetera, as all of those things clumped together as this wonderful idea of these simple progressions of resistance. I would disagree with your notion um, of, of uh, figuring out, you know, which rocks to choose and what you can lift and what to do with them. Um, I have spent some time out there um, and I'm not going to just use my lived experience for that. Uh, but it's uh, you just got to remember that, you know, let's take the, you know, you know, the, the uh, hunter gatherer mind. <clears throat> um, if, the, if they just saw that there was some, you know, and they wanted to share with the community when we, when we, you know, carry these things and go here, you know, I don't even know what to call it, but I'll call it in the language in which I communicated that period of time it allowed me to lift the other bigger ones. Now I can see with my eyes, those are bigger, but I tried to lift and I couldn't lift it. But it's interesting. We've all observed that the person who's like started with the littler ones. And then as they got older, they were capable of lifting the bigger ones. Immediately the elder goes, listen, don't try to attempt that. Um, right. You want to attempt these. So the whole progressive resistance and capability resistance outside of the gym, I, I see, I see that a little differently, like at the capabilities of it and, people just figuring shit out without having the NSCA, you know, book written <laughs> 18,000 years ago. Um, I think we would have figured it out. Um, now, of course, the argument to that would be, well, there's, uh, you know, to counter argue your point, James, the, the, um, you know, there was no reason to progressively overload. And so, okay, you got me there, but I'm just, you're the one who asked me to go and get into it for, for it. So I, I see that as, uh, you know, of the, um, the resistance project as uh, nothing more than just a new age version of providing resistance that uh, has a lot, lots of positive to it, right? Lots of positives. And again, I want to make mention, I think that I'm making that statement there because of my history in what resistance did to me, like did to me as a person, right? Like I really did feel that the, that the gaining of the knowledge around resistance really transformed me as a person. Right. So you can imagine the deep stuff that I have built inside of that. Right. Yeah. So that's why I'm kind of kin to the iron game um, for that. Yeah. But I also know my faults. You know, I also know the power of, uh, of, of nat nature and the capability of going, you know, uh, up and around rocks and in and out of water and climbing rocks with my daughter and climbing trees and and being out there and being like, wow, you know, those were some really challenging contractions. You know, um, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I can I can see those I can see those points. I guess the asymmetry I was trying to draw is like you know your your two sides of the coin patterns and pacing, right? Yeah. Uh, with, with with pacing, with walking and running, you could still make the argument just like biologically. Yeah, we can go out and do it, and yeah, we have you know the rowers and the bikes and stuff like that for more concentric stuff. If people are heavier and can't quite walk or run, but that's just kind of a workaround. I, I do feel like there is a bit of an asymmetry again, not that, uh, you know, there are stories of Milo from ancient Greece, you yeah. know, lifting his cow from, you know, but of course that's not, <laughs> wasn't lifting a fucking cow. You yep. know what I mean? Like yep. he, he wasn't lifting a 2000 pound cow. Sorry. Yeah. Um, like, so, you know, 
one rock is 50 pounds. The other is 150. Okay. What do I do if I want to get from the 50 pound one to the 150? Yeah. You know, there might, there might be some slight amount of like, Oh, I can do a 2.5 now and I can put it in my hand. And yeah, you know what I mean? I, I do think that there might be there on the resistance project and asymmetry that isn't there with the pacing one, but just. A yeah. Yeah. Well, possibly, but where I was, where I was like agreeing with you on, on your notion there was, again, we got to remember we're just, we're, you know, the intentions of lifting the rocks, you know, makes no sense. You know what I'm saying? So we still got to remember that, you know, we're, we're to your point, we're not going back in time, right? Like, I mean, this is, this is what we have to deal with here. So, you know, it, you know, we're, we're never going to have to have that big issue, right? Oh, is it 150? Is it 50? It's like, who fucking cares? Like, I mean, <laughs> it, do, it doesn't matter. In our day and age, we know we have these things available. Therefore, we believe it's a good philosophical argument. It's like, well, okay, you got me there. But, you know, no one would even fucking care based upon that. But I, I do really, I do really like, you know, getting into that position of it because it does bring back these, you know, what I, I guess is a project of mine, to use that term, is, is creating simplicity of those two things you just mentioned, right? You know, so come down to some simplicity of all these patterns and resistance, and let's come down to some simplicity in what we're calling pacing, um, just so we could start the, the root of knowledge, right? The root of knowledge to get people to ask, asking more harder questions and, and uh, eventually over time, maybe, you know, let's call it, you know, uh, Robbie to like, not summarize today, but see the wonder, wonderful aspect of going down the progressive questioning is that through regression, we will get progression, right? We, maybe, maybe that's what we've, uh, we'll come to inside of fitness. You regress things back and it allows this knowledge and awareness of the basic principles. And that essentially is what maybe could be our definition of progress over time. And the knowing... Yeah. The knowing of things for that fitness and optimal unlike some of the other endeavors that we've talked about where you know going back a hundred thousand years physics was not better sorry right. you know hundred thousand years ago philosophy was not better sorry but yeah. you know fitness and optimal health might be and nutrition might be some of those things so yeah i, I guess like you said that's to, cool, that's cool to, that you came up with that or just you've observed that that's really neat um with regards to Cause it's another thing I can put in my pocket for where fitness fits into the current, you know, schema of things of, of uh, how things may have looked progressive in all these other industries, you know, in all these other areas. And here we have fitness, right. And I can just like lambast it with the injection of like what health is, how sick care has corrupted the concept of fitness being inside. Like, you know, I can go on and on. So your point there, I, I remember that. That's really good. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a similar thing within philosophy where like there are certain papers that try to be written in a certain style to like mimic science. And like, I think we see this in fitness too with like tech devices where like it seems as though if we can measure things, it seems as if there are new devices coming out or new modalities, that's progress, but it, 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 might, it might not be. So, well, according to what we said, it's definitely not. So I guess, you know, like you were saying to kind of summarize today, um, we talked a bit at the beginning about the definition of progress mm -hmm. talked a bit about, um, you know, different books in popular culture, Pinker and Bregman and Hariri and others discussing the notion of progress. Uh, we talked about different endeavors in the world that hundred thousand years ago were absolutely 
worse than they are now. I mean, you, yeah. you, can't, you can't deny that. Anyone has to admit that. But that doesn't mean everything is now better. We talked about the notion of philosophy uh, and its relation to progress. And I guess to almost counter uh, Bregman and uh, Pinker, we said with regard to fitness, uh, we said three things, I think, at least. Not only has there not been progress, conceptually, there really couldn't be progress aside from people gaining the knowledge that there has been no progress. Yeah. The, the Socratic, like, I know that I don't know. Um, and then uh, maybe by regressing to the past, we will make more progress. That's great. Yeah, that's freaking slap the M on that forehead. <laughs> Trust fall. <follow. laughs> I'll catch you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I think on the uh, the Jimmy on the street point, like, I mean, that that would be interesting. I think if we surveyed the vast majority of like coaches and fitness uh, clients or participants or what have you, the vast majority would say, yeah, there has been progress in fitness and like. Uh, you sure? Uh -huh. Yeah, and you can understand the uh, the coaches, uh, the coaches hesitancy to even discuss or contemplate that, right? I mean, that's that's really difficult. I say that all the time, right? I'm like, listen, before I start here with CCP, there are some burdens that are going to come to you with what I make mention of, and you need to know that prior to this like whole, you know, uh, contemplation. You need to know that. Right. And then, and, and when I, when I forewarn them, it generally lands a whole lot easier. Right. So again, I just probably provided a solution to the coaches that, that may want to participate in it instead of going, oh, I don't even want to talk about it. Go, you know what? I know we can talk about it. And right. It's not going to, it's not the next day. You're not going to come in and like, they'll be able to know, they'll know that I was thinking about it. <laughs> they'll see it on my face, which actually side point they will know but that's a good thing right because now you're like you're 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 not giving off like uh, we're all in on it right you're giving off i am open to conversation as to what the best pathway is going to be that's essentially what you're going to now give off so it's so all in there i was emp i'm empathetic to the coaches always who will have that burden of contemplation around that like what is progress that's tougher. Now for the public, <laughs> you fucking, you fucking figure it out. I think. <laughs> All the prayer. <laughs> Just wake up. Um, yeah. So uh, anyways, that, that was, that was a great uh, summary of how we kind of got in the middle road there. And uh, also, um, you know, to finish on that, I guess, more positive point of uh, creating some knowledge, you know, for coaches, for them to say, you know what, I'm going to take on this, this philosophy and this philosophy of, of uh, asking the question around what progress is. And in my point that I made, which you eloquently uh, stated uh, better than what, what I did, by the way, um, it's the, it's, it's just, try, it's just trying to know more about it is actually a, a is actually a form of progress yeah yeah absolutely mm -hmm. 
I think um, one last thought there. I think, uh-huh. OPEC, I think OPEC should set up confessional booths for, uh, you know, coaches coming over from CrossFit. Forgive me, Father, for I, I thought that fitness was folly. <laughs> I'm trying to, you know, they're, they're worried that, they, that they've sinned. It's okay. It's okay. Um, well, I say it all the time, right? I think that's probably where you're getting it from. I'm yeah. like, listen, I'll, listen, if you want me to throw the holy water on all of you, and I do this on Zoom calls, right? It's like, well, here, here you go, you know, uh, go away. Yeah, the holy water is actually a bad example, right? It's not even fucking, oh. I should, should be like, you know, doing like a, I forget even what the confessions symbol, wasn't there like a, I remember, um, man, those rooms were really comfortable, you know, that's what I remember. Um, and being dark and mysterious and the fucking, the, the, the fucking, the glass, the, you know, the glass is like yeah, the, yeah. the other side, whatever it is. <laughs> uh, Father Bart, I always remember Father Bart. Um, anyways, uh, what was my point on that? Oh, um, we would just have to change the whole structure of that, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> plexiglass, but little holes in it, you know, you're facing one another. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> And, uh, and we have to create our own kind of like symbols and language and stuff. All right. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll come up with a better way for that. Yeah. I like it. I mean, I love, uh, you know, I, I'll go down that road. I'm not, I'm not scared shitless of what people think will, will be inside of that, uh, that project of creating a more of a religious atmif- atmosphere inside of the fitness healing, but Hey, that's what it takes. That's what it takes. Yeah, I, th- I think some fitness coaches worry that they're having impure thoughts when they're like, I thought <laughs> yeah, it was fun that, today. That's what, that's, that's what I meant, where I'm like, listen, yeah, I if, I'm, <laughs> if I'm that person and there's just a lineup, right, for years, <laughs> I don't mind taking on that role. Go on and do good things. <laughs> Next. <laughs> it takes it's the okay. It's okay. Next. <laughs> They take the picture of Dave Castro on their desk and they put it down. <laughs> oh, right. they walk in, walk in with the shirt on, right? I won't even say the name of the shirt. They walk out with a different shirt. <laughs> and, and they're looking down the line at everyone, right? They're like, <laughs> you know, uh, and everyone in line is like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Oh, man what did we just do with me there i don't want to take on that role that was that was gross i don't want to take on that role but there could be a there could be a person who takes that role on yeah yeah put out a uh fitness forgiveness fitness forgiveness yeah put out a uh a thing on uh, indeed.com for fitness <laughs> forgiveness and see if you guys can <laughs> <laughs> Fitness forgiveness, quote unquote. I've had these thoughts. Dot dot dot. End quote. These impure thoughts. I don't know what to do with these thoughts. (laughs) Bottle that shit up. Keep that shit down. Don't tell anyone about that. (laughs) Oh gosh. Okay, that's an ending. Yes, agreed. Um, that that was that's uh that's progress right there. Agreed.